the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Love Radio Network. Get ready to kick up some dirt and mud because it's time for San Diego Off-Road Coalition Radio with Dave Stahl. SDORC is here to further off-roading as a safe family experience while promoting and preserving the natural environment. So whether it's bikes, buggies, trucks, or trikes, San Diego Off-Road Coalition Radio brings you the latest news and initiatives in preserving the use of off-highway vehicles and protecting the land and wildlife at the same time. Because together, everyone achieves more. Now, here is your host, Dave Stahl. Folks, welcome to SDORC Dirt Radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. The segment is brought to you by Imperial Valley Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. They're over at 2329 U.S. Highway 86 in lovely El Centro. Uh, the parts department understands the weekend wheelers needs and they're there for you on saturday and sunday parts department you can call them at 888-900-2804 in case you need them they're open all season for your jeep chrysler dodge ram parts check out el El centro's imperial valley chrysler jeep just go to ivcdjr.com and of course our good friends alpha site logistics serving imperial valley for over 20 years they offer portable toilets, hand wash stations, hand wash trailers, shade trailers, dumpsters, and a whole lot more. You can call them at 760-352-8383. You can ask for a quote today. Audrey took the day off today, so it's Ed Stoven and me. Hello, Dave. How are we doing? Doing well. And by the way, those two advertisers with us mm-hmm. are donating a lot of stuff for the cool. Lost Lizard Fun Run, our big event happening November 5th over by Superstition Mountain. Right off of Huff Road. Um, Good deal. We're having tons of pre-entries. I'm really surprised. I get two emails with each one, one from the entry and one from the pavement, and my email is just filled. It's a really fun event. I hope everyone can join us. So we're going to start off talking about our last SDORC meeting. So the San Diego Off-Road Coalition has two meetings a month. They have a membership meeting on the first Tuesday and we have a board of directors meeting on the third Tuesday of the month. So we meet at Ranch House Restaurant. And last Tuesday, we had more people there than I can remember. I think we had 44 people or, or some amount there. And our meeting started off with a report from the senior staff from Ocotillo Wells State Vehicular Recreation Area. That was Steve Quit- Steve Q, we call him. I, I can't handle his, his last name. And Andy Auberg. And Andy is the uh, Akatia Wells superintendent, and Steve is the district superintendent. And the district includes Akatia Wells, Heber Dunes, Picacho State Park down at the Colorado River, and Salton Sea State Park on the northeast side of the Salton Sea. 
so those two were there, and they're a couple of nice guys, and, and they gave us an update on the park. I gave them a call and asked them if they would come down and talk to us, and I think that's why a lot of people came to our meeting. They wanted to hear from the top guys about their favorite park. So uh, a big change happening starting October 15th is a new whip flag rule for all the side-by-sides. They currently have a whip flag rule for ATVs. That's vehicles with three or four wheels where you straddle the seat and you have handlebars. This rule is for people that sit in a a seat and have a steering wheel. Um, So whip flags have to be eight feet from the ground and they can be anywhere on the vehicle. And this is partly coming out of some of the tragic accidents that have taken place in the um, last year or two. Um, There's been some accidents between side-by-sides and motorcycles and ATVs. And you can guess who comes out on the short end of that stick. And I personally have been advocating for putting whips on the front of these vehicles because a lot of these accidents happen when they're coming up either side of a hill and they collide up at the top and they don't see each other until it's too late. Well, if a whip flag is at the back of the vehicle, it's my thinking that they're not going to see that until um, the front of the vehicle comes into view. And we would really prefer to have the whip flag be the first thing somebody sees when they come over a hill. But that's going to be a maybe. So they need eight-foot whip flags. Um, There's no uh, light restriction or night requirements. So over in the Imperial Sand Dunes, if if you're riding at night, you need to have a whip flag with a light at the top of it. So over at Akatia Wells, you can drive around at night and you don't need a light on your whip flag. At least not yet. Who knows what will happen in the future. So the side-by-sides, and their definition has become a little bit blurry, a little fuzzy lately because Polaris came out with a much larger displacement side-by-side. And it's in the displacement that's overlaps with dune buggies and off-road cars. I think it's 2,000 cc's. So the prior definition of a side-by-side is a vehicle up to 1,000 cc's. Um, And and so these bigger vehicles, they they don't need whip flags. They don't need helmets. uh, The occupants don't need helmets. And and I think there's a few other restrictions. So these uh, new vehicles are bigger. They're kind of a problem. And the state is trying to figure out what to do with um, making them safer. What's interesting uh, to me couple things. One is there's on ground operations, there's not going to be any changes this year. And and that's really encouraging. By changes, I mean fences and and closed areas. What has happened over the years, and I've been riding out there since 1977. So in the early days, there was not a fence, a sign, a picnic table, a restroom. There was nothing out there but desert. And we really liked it that way. You know, you, you leave the city, which is full of of buildings and traffic lights and paved roads and signs and everything human touched. We want to go somewhere where it's, it's authentically raw, natural, a place where we can drive around. Well, over the years as the state has been there and the state made it a park in 1980 and then slowly, but surely the, the kiosks came, the road signs came, restrooms, picnic tables, and uh, closures, and we hate those closures. 
you've been going to a place for years and years and suddenly you come back and there's a big fence around it. And I've seen these fences and I've gone to the Akutia Wells management and I've said, hey, what's with this fence over here? And they said, oh, there's a, a resource that we need to protect. And now, to be honest, I don't like it, but I don't blame the park for doing that because the park is regulated by state law and there are state laws that say we have to protect archaeological stuff. We have to protect cultural or cultural archaeological. We have to protect biological stuff. And then what's called hydrology, which is like erosion and water stuff. And there's closures out there for all three of those. If you go out to the mud pots, uh, east of Poline Road, there, it's called uh, gas domes. We call them the mud pots. There's two uh, little hills that have a a hole with water, naturally occurring water in each of those. And the water is super filled with mud or or dirt. And as it bubbles up, it leaves the dirt and it became a mound. Well, those two have a fence around them. and, And that annoys me a little bit. But if you look to the north a little ways, you can see a big area that has a fence around it. And in the old days, we used to jump our motorcycles over the hill. We called it uh, Mini Sand Dam. And it was just a fun jump. You could, you could fly a long ways and still land on the, uh, the downslope. So that's um, when, they, when they added a fence around that, it really broke my heart. If you go over to the north side of the park by S22 and Crossover Trail, you'll see a big fence around an area that wasn't fenced. I don't know. They fenced that 10 years ago maybe? That area, um, what do they call it? The micro woodland. There's these a bunch of bushes there, and the continuous uh, off-road use has started to expose the roots of the bushes, and they wanted to protect the plants, and I get that. And I, I've asked them to uh, put a corridor down the center of it because it's, it's kind of a long, slender closure, and it makes it difficult for people to, to cross when they, they camp on one side and they want to go to the other but they're, they're kind of resistant to give me um, that. And another thing that annoys me about those well, fences. Let's hold that thought because we're right, oh, we're right at, at the, the break. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, it. we'll finish up with that comment. This is STORC Dirt Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to STORC Dirt Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, we got another great new sponsor, and we can't thank him enough. Fire and ice, heating, and air conditioning. The Ashley family out of Lakeside. You can get a hold of them anywhere and everywhere at 800-400-FIRE. And uh, fire is 3473. Or go to their website, fireandicehvac.com. Fire and Ice HVAC Company was established in 1983 and has been family-owned and operated ever since... Uh, marketing of 2023 as a 40-year supporting the HVAC industry. Operating zones border the Oceanside, Escondido to Julian and most of larger San Diego County from inspections to service. Installs, maintenance, commercial, residential, free to the door, no trip charges, fuel charges, just pay for work performed. Discounts on repairs for senior citizens and military, 
and uh, free second opinion on another company. Repair quotes, fire and ice, heating and air. So, if you want to get in touch with them, 800-400-FIRE, or just go to fireandicehvac.com, and we can't thank them enough. If you do reach out to them, make sure you thank them for supporting S-D-O-R-C Dirt Radio and our good buddy, Wayne Miller Tire, tires, wheels, alignment, brakes, shocks, suspension, you name it. They do it all. Every tire known to man. Uh, Just make sure you give them a call at 619-596-2800. 619-596-2800. Tell me you're right here on KCBQ. All right, Ed, so why don't you continue with the okay. conversation you had? Well, thank you, uh, Dave. And by the way, Audrey's not here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a while back, she was hit from behind in her car. Uh, she was parked, and somebody ran into her. And at first, she was okay, but later on, her body tightened up, and it's been giving her a lot of grief. Right. And combined with that, she's having a migraine. So, poor Audrey, um, right. I wish you the best. So, and that brings up a good help. point. If you ever get hit in, an, in, a, in a car accident... And you think you feel fine, do not sign off with the insurance company. Do not. You have one year legally. And get their information of the other guy. That's why you have a cell phone. You can photograph their driver's license, their insurance card. Or just their their license plate. Well, and their license plate. But uh, if you think you're going to be okay and you're not one of these kind of people that, you know, no, you have to protect yourself because here's Audrey all laid up and... There's a good chance it was caused by the accident. So oh, yeah. that's a she uh, thought she PSA. was fine. That's the next PSA. day, boy, she was hurting. So yeah. we were talking about Akatia Wells, and there's luckily there's not much going on as far as uh, ground operations. The, the things are going as usual. There was a law enforcement report that I always find interesting. Um, they keep track of of what they do. So there was 120 citations written last year. And if you think about that, that's not very many tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a, a, a regulation or, or like they, they sort of prefer to have uh, education over enforcement. That if they can get away with just explaining to you how you should act, uh, they're less likely to write a ticket. Sometimes, though, people are just asking for it. And on that side, uh, there were 17 arrests. When you think about that. So... Also, they reported they had over 1 million visits last season. Wow. So about half stayed overnight and about half came out for the day. So they had 17 arrests, 43 crashes that they attended, and 15 uh, vehicles towed. So those are pretty low numbers when you have a million people. Right. I think if you look at a typical city uh, and you, you circle around a million people that you probably have a lot more than 120 citations and 17 arrests over a whole year. Uh, so the park is doing pretty good. I like the park management. I think the park is managed very well. Uh, I think it's managed a little stricter than I would prefer. I know uh, Corva, that's California Off-Road Vehicle Association, is having an event in January, the Truck Haven Challenge, and it's a poker run similar to the Lost Lizard Fun Run. And they have to go on routes that are on the, the park map. And now before the lawsuit from the Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility a few years back, before that, we had all kind of crazy routes on the Lost Lizard Fun Run. In fact, Jim McGarvey gave me his GPS, and I turned it on tracking, put it in my pocket and I rode my bike 
made the loop and then that was our loop. I really miss those days. Now, for both areas, the Superstition BLM area and Ocotillo Wells, you're very limited to where you can have an event. That's um, a little frustrating. You know, there's some wonderful terrain out there that we, um, we just can't use until it gets checked out and getting the park or the BLM to check it out. Because uh, sometimes it's difficult. It takes a lot of time and it can cost money. And by check it out, it means have a biologist look it over, have an archaeologist look it over, and a hydrologist. Those are the three kind of resources that they um, put an emphasis on. So SDRC, we follow state legislation pretty carefully. And last year, we were watching a bill, SB 894, which was introduced almost the same bill the year before and the year before that. So the COVID year, they had a greatly reduced number of bills and they asked the author to withdraw it. So Brian Jones pulled it. Last year it ran, and by the way, this bill is to make it so that what were formerly red sticker racing motorcycles could get a pink slip, get a DMV registration. And there's a few other little things in the bill, but the big thing is getting the vehicles registered. They're legally sold. They can be legally used on racetracks and in races around the state. So why can't they get registered? Well, the reason, if you back up further, why they can't get registered is because the California Air Resources Board, the air pollution people, decided to end the red sticker program. So that happened. The last red sticker bikes came out in 2021. And this year, the 2022 bikes, they don't get any registration. And they're not supposed to be on public land. It's kind of a tough situation if you want to um, insure it. If there's some kind of problem with the police, like if it's stolen, it makes it harder to get it back. If you get a loan, uh, they may want to see a pink slip. So, so those are problems that this bill is trying to solve. So last year, at the last minute, it got in trouble. This year, it made it all the way. Th- yeah, so last year... It got held in the last committee of the assembly. That was assembly appropriations, which means they didn't put it into the committee for a vote, and it died right there. And it was right at the end. So let me ask you a question, because I was just thinking about this. Would you not think that a red sticker motorcycle is no different than a race car? You can't drive a race car on the street, period. Okay, because it doesn't comply to any safety rules. No headlights, no taillights, no nothing. So I'm wondering if the government, and I'm not siding one way or the other. I'm just bringing it up for conversation. Would you not think maybe the, the government is saying, well, a race bike, you know, whether it has headlights or taillights, which I don't know if it does or doesn't. They doesn't. don't. Okay. So why, so I, I could almost, I hate to say this, but I can almost see their justification why it wouldn't have a pink slip. The only well, difference is you, you buy, buy a, it from a, a dealer, you should have some documentation. Can you buy a race car brand new yes. and it's competitive? Yes. Can that be v- registered? Can no. you get a registration for that? No. no. You could go to you could go to the Hendrick, you know, Rick Hendrick, you know, Hendrick Motorsports. Say you're a, you and I decide we're going to put a race team together. Oh, can I drive? <laughs> yeah, I'll let you drive. And we were going to put a race team together. We had sponsorship money. But, you know, we didn't want to have to build a race car because maybe we don't know how to build a race car. So we can go buy. Yamaha and, has that, that sprint car with an R1 engine. Right. Same thing. So 
I can almost see where the state's coming from. It's just, and you and you don't you in you can insure a race car. I'm sure you can insure a motorcycle if you classified it as a race bike. And it depends on the insurance. There's more yeah. than one type. Like you want liability insurance. Yeah. If you were to run into somebody and they come after you, you'd well, want they to don't be- have. I don't think you can even do. You know what I'm going to do? I have a my yeah. my insurance agent at State Farm oh. is absolutely the best. Let's see what she, they say. She is absolutely the best, and nothing she likes better than a challenge. Well, let's give her a challenge because I have what, so, where well, we stand with the yeah, racing because I have so many cars. I have a couple cars that, that haven't moved in a year. Well, State Farm automatically clips ten thousand miles on them and bumps my insurance rate. Yeah. So she contacts me. She says, they're at it again. Go out and take a picture of the mileage on XYZ. Uh, so I go out and take a picture. She goes, ah, okay. And then she why, fights Why it. don't you just take it out of the insurance because you're not driving it? Well, that's if, true, too. And that's what I'm doing. I'm not opting them all. If, if you choose to bring it back to the road, then you, I just you re-op it, it and yeah, smog, exactly. you do all that stuff. So when you stop and think about it from a, what is it, a, like, like MotoGP. Like MotoGP, you know they don't register those bikes. Well, and, and you can buy a MotoGP for race from the factory. Okay, you're going to tweak it. You're going to do other things to it. Well, but a superbike. Let's go sell, to superbike. They, they don't buy. They don't sell MotoGP no, 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 bikes. No, no, no. But will they not sell you one? No. no you couldn't buy. You're a team. You couldn't buy a superbike if you wanted to. You could buy a superbike, but a MotoGP bike. They're they're um, prototype motorcycles. They're not production bikes. Okay. Superbike, which turns track times, lap times really close to MotoGP. Yeah. You can buy those bikes. Yeah. So. But you see my point? Yeah. I mean, I I, it's all of a sudden, it was just a realization while I was listening to you talk. I went, well, wait a minute. Should they really? I don't know. And we, you can buy the thing at the dealer and, and people want a pink slip. I don't think it's that far of a stretch that they should be able to do that. And, and if the racing car community wanted that, I don't think that should be a problem. But, you, you know, the racing it. car community could care less. Because once they crash it, or they just throw it away or but chop they, it up. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, no, so it's just, it's, but to see the mo- the problem with the motorcycle industry, the red tick, you know, red sticker bikes, is everybody could buy one. Well, not everybody has the money to go buy a, a Rick Hendrick or right, a, a Roush. Or or uh, what's this, the coach's it, name? It's not a big number. No, it's a huge vehicles. number. It's in the. It's almost in the millions if you want to be competitive. No, I mean at the number of cars sold. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah. only a forty-three few. in NASCAR. Like how, how many of these pure race cars are sold in California in a year? None. Like hundreds. <laughs> like if you're a, lucky. A couple, but these motorcycles, there's you know. That's 20, what I'm saying. 20, that's 000. what I'm saying. But they I think should, that's a low number. I think they should have. And, and and you know it's funny because DMV says, "Oh my God! Oh, we got to extend it out. Oh, and we know we need another thirty million to be able to." You're not talking hundreds. Yeah, we're not talking hundreds of thousands of of, of red sticker bikes. Let's talk about that when we come back right here on Storc Dirt Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to S-D-O-R-C Dirt Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. This segment brought to you by our good buddy Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. 
Primary Residential Mortgage, Inc. I'm telling you, this guy is amazing. If you are uh, looking to refi, maybe you're looking to just buy a house or do a reverse mortgage, or you're in the military and you're confused on how you can buy a house for a buck, well, Chris is the guy you want to call, 619-722-1303. Just give him a call, lay it out, make an appointment. He's got an expert team that will sit down with you and help you get through the the you know the insanity of mortgages and primary residence and all that jazz. Nobody knows it better. Let the pro take care of you. SNS Off Road Magazine. Go to SNS O R Mag M A G dot com. SNS O R M A G dot com. Sherry and Steve do a phenomenal online magazine all about the off road community. Uh, check them out. Uh, everything's there for you. I think what you said over a hundred pages now. Online. It's a huge one this month. Where before this is the, oh, this is the back to the desert month. So uh, there's all the great pictures. So they have a lot of pictures and they have a lot of content. It's really a fun. And there's read. probably a lot of uh, classifieds for people buying and selling. There's some interesting stuff. You know, I try you, not to look. You shouldn't look because no. you're running out of space. Yes, I'm already running out of space. I, I'm, yep, I'm keeping even... a bike in my van because my garage is full. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why you had a bike in your van. All right, we're going to go ahead. And now, we've kind of got the red sticker bike thing kind of figured out. So what, what, was, your, what was the next topic that you well, had? So the, um, on the red sticker, we're not quite done yet. The governor, uh, he vetoed the bill. And uh, it was kind of a disappointment because it went through the, the entire legislative process relatively unopposed. We thought it was going to fly all the way through. So when the governor vetoes a bill, he gives uh, he submits a letter that says what he thought about it and why he's sending it back. So I have a copy of his, his letter for SB 894. I'll give you a quick read. Uh, beginning 20, January 2027, 20, uh, this bill would require the DMV to establish a program. Let's see. Establish a program for comp- Competition off-highway vehicles that do not meet the air resources emission standards to operate on public land. Okay, excuse me. Additionally, the bill will require these vehicles to have a muffler and spark arrestor when operating on public lands. I recognize the economic benefits OHV competitions bring to rural communities, but I am concerned about the fiscal impact to implement the bill. And by the way, the Department of Motor Vehicles came back with a quote of about $10 million to implement the bill. It is anticipated that there will be fewer than 2,000 annual impl- applications under this program. DMV's implement- implementation costs are anticipated to be significant, and the Off-Highway Vehicle Trust Fund is required to reimburse uh, the DMV for those upfront costs. Given the small number of vehicles and the fees set up for the fourth in the bill, it may take a decade or more for the OHV Trust Fund to recoup these costs, if at all. For this reason, I cannot sign the bill. So he didn't pass the bill. It, um, what happens is he sends it back to the legislature. It goes, this letter really goes back to the author. And now the author will scratch his head and say, hmm, how can we tweak this bill and introduce it next year so the governor won't be so mad. Well, it said that 
According to estimates, there are fewer than 2,000 annual applications. So there's 2,000 motorcycles that are sold. And I'm not sure about that number. I personally have three friends that bought 2022 race bikes. And, and maybe my uh, circle of friends leans towards buying those kind of vehicles. But I think about the whole state. What is it? I don't know, 40 million people? There might be more than 2,000. So I called the California Motorcycle Dealers Association. That's a group that's kind of like SDRC. They advocate for motorcycle dealers. And uh, they have a guy there, and we had a nice conversation. And he thought that 2,000, while maybe wasn't exactly the right number, he didn't think there were that many more. And I said, well... You guys know all the all the dealers in the state. Can we do a little census and ask them what, um, how many each dealer sold and add them up? And he thought that would be pretty difficult to do, that the dealers wouldn't want to talk about it. So I think we're kind of stuck on that one. I, I don't know. I don't know what we should do. On and, what? Um, on SB894, the red sticker thing. Okay, so, so I, 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 re- I, I had to go down and get a guest. And I knew I would leave on the most important part. And that's wow. what uh, Newsom's excuse was for not signing it. So if you don't mind just kind of repeating it. So I read, the, I read his letter and he said, well, given that there's fewer than 2,000 uh, annual applications in this program, he thinks there's going to be less than 2,000 uh, people signing up for a pink slip for those bikes. So it almost makes sense and to what we were talking about. given that the Department of Motor Vehicles estimated that to make a program would be about $10 million. Now, you, you, you laugh. I don't, I'm not laughing because it hurts so bad. Because I think that two qualified uh, programmer individuals yeah. could, could make this program in about two weeks. Yes. They, they, it could be from start to finish, including printing up the first 2,000 stickers, and it would be uh, orders of magnitude less than $10 million. But what do you want to bet? Like, what th- do you want to bet if we said, or the government said, to register an electric car, it has to have its its own separate pink slip? Uh, it would I mean, somehow it oh, would no, it cost would be next happening. to nothing. Oh no problem! We'll it have it done for three weeks. Nothing. Yeah, and you know, and here was a golden opportunity for him to do something positive for the people of his state that wasn't going to cost him anything. He could have made some adjustments to it. He could have said, hey, you know, there's only 2,000 of them. You and, know. and who can lean on the DMV? Him. So, right. So he's so it's it's a problem. It and was a mis- it was, and I, I, I feel called, bad. You know, I called um, Daniela. Uh, she is Brian Jones' uh, oh, legislative right. consultant what she staff. Said. And she was really frustrated. Yeah. And she doesn't know what to do. And I don't know if this is going to fly again next year because we don't know how to tweak it anymore to make it so, right okay. unless we can get to the DMV So somehow. let's go back to square one. What difference does it make? I don't know. I mean, it's a good point. I mean, so, I mean is, uh, it, is We're, we're it not wor- living and dying over this bill. There's no, other no, no, stuff no, 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 that no. we care about. I mean, is it worth the battle? No, I don't think I it's don't, worth the battle. If, if this is the only bill that we have, I'll work on it. But if I have bigger, harder, more challenging bills... Yeah. If, so like if they're what? trying to close Ocotillo Wells, that would be way I would, more. Important. I would throw everything into that, and right. red stickers they can take care of themselves. Yeah. So we got a couple more minutes in this segment. I'd like to switch gears and talk about the uh, management plan they're building in uh, the Moab area. 
And this is called Labyrinth Rim Gemini Bridges Travel Management Plan. And that's in the Moab area. Okay. And I've, I hadn't, I didn't really know what was going on. And last, Moab's catching a lot of heat right now. Moab is like ground zero of the off-road mecca of the United States. Right. So and in Imperial County and Moab. So I looked it up and I figured out what's going on there. So the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance sued the BLM in 2008. And they, what they uh, were suing against is that the BLM was allowing traffic to go on all these routes without really checking them over. They wanted what the Forest Service did uh, in travel management, which is to have the, the archaeologist, the biologist, and the hydrologist to check every mile of route, and the stuff that's good goes into uh, the travel inventory. That's what they want. And so the judge said, okay, BLM, you need to make a management plan that checks all these routes, and then the good routes will go into a travel management plan. So what's going on right now, the BLM started working on this plan in 2017, and now they're getting near the end. And they have uh, all the routes have been looked at, and they have maps of the routes. They have four alternatives in their plan. This is the draft plan. This Mm -hmm. is not the final plan. So the draft is out for comment. And uh, the comment period ended on Friday. Have you looked at the the maps? Oh, yeah. I've studied the maps. I've read hundreds of pages of text. Do you see any problems? Well, you can't really... Like, you're looking at a map, and there's lines on the map, and you're like, I don't know. Isn't that the easiest way to, to pass or fail? He's like, it looks good to me. Okay, check. Oh, yeah, it's in California, or it's in Utah, or wherever it's at. Okay, that looks good. So, Until so, you drive it. So there's so this one, and I think there's a, a bunch of plans for a bunch of areas, but this is the important one. This is where people go off-roading when they go to, I'm holding my fingers up, when they go to Moab. Right. This is the important area. So they're making a travel management plan. 300,000 acres is, so that's a pretty good piece of ground. That's a pretty good chunk. So they identified 1,026 miles of routes. So they have, there's the existing condition, which is 1,026 or 27. And then there's, there's the, the environmental uh, plan, there's the recreation plan, and then there's the in-between plan. So the, rec- the environmental plan had about 400 miles of routes. The recreation plan had 970-something miles. And then there's like an average is, I don't know, 600-something for the other. So we're supposed to write in and write your comment, and you do a couple things. You say, we want more routes or we want fewer. And then they really want to have route-specific comments. They can say, we can write in and we can say, if you look at this route right here, it means a lot to me because it goes to this lookout point, and I like to go out there and have a picnic. Mm-hmm. So this has a lot of value to me. And then another person can say, but it crosses a stream. There's sensitive species in the stream. We can't have crossing the stream. So maybe, okay, we'll get the Boy Scouts to make a bridge. I don't know. Yeah. So, so people make comments. Okay, so right so now is a comment period. Right so I wrote a pretty good amount of comments, and my comment was centered on that this plan started before the pandemic, and they had uh, their census of how many people went into the area. It was a lot of people, like over a million visits. Oh, yeah. So it's a big car manufacturers, especially off road car man, uh, use it all the they, time. There, there's famous areas, and you can see where they're driving on the big smooth rock thing. Right. 
So it's it's a wonderful place. Right. Um, I'm losing my train of thought. Oh. Don't you hate that? I, I do. I shouldn't open my mouth. Well, you know what? Let's take a break. It'll come right back <laughs> to me. And it'll come right back to you the minute we turn it off. This is S-D-O-R-C Dirt Radio, <laughs> FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to S-D-O-R-C Dirt Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right. Another new sponsor. Audrey's been just hauling butt. The Wise Ox Butcher Shop and Pantry. Now, this is one I'm going to put on my list and go check out because there's nothing I like better than a neighborhood butcher shop. They're in North Park and La Costa, owned and operated by Trust Restaurant Group. The Wise Ox is not only your classic meat shop, it's a deli, wine shop, and a pantry. So it's all the parts and pieces that make up their award-winning restaurant group. Available for you to enjoy at home. It's a shop that highlighted premier beef, heritage pork, and free-range chickens. All painstakingly sourced by their expert chefs and butchers. The Wise Ox Butcher Shop in North Park. 2855 El Cajon Boulevard Suite 1 in San Diego. Give them a try. All right, so your thought came back yeah we were talking about moab and the land uh the travel management plan they're working on and i have started working on comments and by the way the comment period ended on uh october 7th so in the morning of the 7th i called the office and i asked to speak to the the person working on it and i got the woman and we chatted a little bit i asked for some tips on writing comments because sometimes they will tell you stuff yeah i got a few tips and she said oh by the way we're extending the comment period two more weeks Mm. we've had so many comments we want to give more time they have received six thousand comments (laughs) and so i said well "Well, moab's really important like what's the ratio of environmental comments to recreation comments oh i can't tell you that of course not of course not but i'll read the comments later anyway so um the the plan began in 2017 right right and they did a, a count right they they include a census they estimate how many people have gone there well since uh since the covid virus came and the pandemic and all the trouble a lot of people went out to the great outdoors to get away from people right to get away from covid and go out and have some great recreation the, a number of land managers that we've talked to have said their increase is around 50%. 5-0. 50% more people are Are you recreating. surprised? Are you surprised? I'm a little surprised. Were you really? That's an awful, the awful boating lot industry, of The boating industry bumped. Uh, Motorsports bumped. Uh, I, I mean, it's crazy. I, can, I could see 20%. I think that's like huge. 50% is, oh my God. So I'm writing a comment saying there's 50% more people going there than there were before uh, COVID. And when you started this management plan, you were writing it towards the current inventory of, of people that go there. Now there's 50% more. You need to adjust the plan to accommodate that many more people. And I would suggest having more routes and more staging areas will make it safer and better and easier on the environment. If you okay. pack too many people into a small area, right. you have too much impact. So let me let me th- be the devil's advocate for a moment. Could could it possibly be that COVID's over, 
and those numbers are going to start to wane away. You know, it's possible, but here's the thing. A lot of people bought vehicles. That's true. They, they want to run the vehicles. They made investments. Those side by sides are like thirty grand a piece, yeah. twenty to forty thousand dollars a piece. Yeah. And if you've been bought to, them, and if you, I was at Moab. I haven't been in a long time. I was there. Was it in the middle of of uh, COVID? But I can tell you, dude, there were side by sides out the wazoo. So I was there like twenty odd years ago, and I was mountain biking, yeah. and we. We never saw a side by side. Yeah, we well, saw a couple of jeeps and we saw a couple motorcycles. Well, we never saw a side by side. In, I mean, there's so businesses. now it's all side by side. Yeah, and there's businesses all over the and area. I, as much as I want to go motorcycle there, now I'm terrified of running into a side by side. Well, yeah, Some I would crazy be too. guy on one of those. I things. don't think I would motorcycle there. So I'm, I'm half of my comments are going to be talking about the COVID increase, and I've already written that part. And the other half is going to be trail connectivity. If you look at the map. There's a whole bunch of trails that go out and stop. Now, when I go off-roading, I like to ride a loop. I want to go up the thing and then cross over and come back down the other. You know what I mean. Like, it's not fun to go to the end and come back. So I'm going to ask them to make more loops, and I'm going to study the map. And the lady even said, from the BLM, said, you know, look at Google Earth and look at these trails. And if if it looks like it's feasible to make it, make that comment. Should there be one way? Ugh. I'm not sure about out there. Well, because, you know, you you made the statement. The last thing you want to do is get run over by a side-by-side. In some areas, that's a valid. I've asked the Cleveland National Forest to make some one-way routes in Corral Canyon. Because the bushes are real high, and you come around a corner, and there's the other guy. And here's a side-by-side, or a truck. Or or the other motorcycle. Or another motorcycle. Any vehicle. Or the bicycle. bicycle. But, But when you're out in the desert, and it's more open, you have more visibility, I don't really have as big of a problem with that so the other is i want to look at some of these routes and you can just look at the map and i'm going to see if i can work out finding it on google earth and seeing like is there a cliff and there's no way you could make a you could connect this side with that side because some areas there's a good reason why the trail stops it just goes right to the end of a canyon if you take a painted gorge like the actual gorge right to the end you get to the end and there's no way I don't even know if you could winch your way out of that. Mm. Um, so I'll be doing some more work, and I'll be getting my uh, Moab comments in in the next week or so. But I will definitely meet the, the deadline. Uh, got a few more minutes. Uh, we have events that we'll be attending. So Tierra del Sol, Jeep Club, and SDRC are doing a cleanup in Smuggler's Gulch this coming Saturday. And Smuggler's Gulch is near the end of, of uh, Devil's Canyon. So if you take Highway 8 out to the desert and you're about halfway down the grade, you can see a turnoff. It's Mountain Springs, I think. You get off there and you sort of go to the right and down a little bit to the southeast and you'll get into Smuggler's Gulch. And that's a shooting area. And people um, like to shoot there, which is great. Something I've chronically never understood is how they can get their targets out to the shooting area, but they just can't get them home. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, The next day, Valley of the Moon, which is up at the top of the hill, right across from Desert View Tower, there's a big mountain area, and there's some nice routes in there. And people hike, mountain bike, they motorcycle, and they four-wheel drive, and they rock climb. There's a Mm. few places there where you can set up ropes and you can go rock climbing. So that place is getting a cleanup also on the day after Sunday. So that'll be fun. 
December 3rd, we're sponsoring a cleanup in Ocotillo Wells on the north side, staging by the four-wheel drive area. Um, I still have to talk to the park about that and work on that. Um, November 5th, Lost Lizard Fun Run. It is, man, entries are coming in like gangbusters. This is going to be the biggest event we've ever had. We put it on TV. Well, if TV helps. I'm sure it did. Made awareness. And all those people that have all those new toys. Uh, All those COVID side-by-sides, they're going to be out there. And Jeeps, you know. It's not all side by sides. There's a lot of Jeeps. A lot of Jeeps. And there's a lot of trucks. A lot of trucks. You know, FJs. Four and by fours, Broncos. the new Bronco that just came out. There'll be every kind of vehicle. And You're, it's not like a a, a rock crawling no, da- no, no. body damage event. No, no, you could It can if you wanted to. Well, not on not on our course. You would have trouble scratching it up. Even on the the more difficult course. But if you go out to the harder areas over on Superstition Mountain, yeah, you could you know you, you could scrape. mess. You could mess things up. Yeah. There's some neat trails, hard as you want to go. Um, so Lost Lizard, go to sdorc.org. You can sign up for it. You can read about all the stuff. You can even hear lo- uh, past radio shows right there. You click the link, and you can hear Audrey, Dave, and myself. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're all there. Um, so we're looking for a new lobbyist. I spoke to one recently. Uh, Amy Granite from Corva spoke to him also. And we've gotten a proposal we're looking at. It's more money than we want to spend. We're going to be talking to this person and seeing if maybe we can lower the price and take on some of the uh, work requirements ourselves. Right. So he can because assign. we, Amy and I, do a lot of the work that a lobbyist would normally do for some other coalitions that we're willing. So we're working on that and maybe bringing in another partner. Um, I've also been working on the combined use around Akatia Wells. I'm kind of lagged on that a little bit, but I've made some uh, made some phone calls and some emails, and I'm going to keep pushing on that. Okay, so I have a suggestion because this always works. I've yes. never, ever, ever seen it fail. Take this potential lobbyist, uh-huh. invite him to the Lost Lizard Run, Ooh, and that's take good timing. Him out. You know, this person already is on our side, well, so to speak. That's okay. It's great. That's a plus. But put him in a Jeep, put him in a side-by-side, and literally you know, invite him out, VIP the what out of him. All right. Then he'll understand why you're asking for maybe. Because if you just That's say. That's a good point, but we got to line up airfare because he's in Sacramento. Got to line up a vehicle. Audrey, are you listening? Will you help me? <laughs> yeah, that won't be difficult. Maybe Pick him up at the airport. We need to line up a loaner vehicle. Yeah, yeah. We can airfare if we plan ahead. We still have time to get the Southwest. We could sleep in the back of your van. It's big enough. We can cuddle. I have yeah. sleeping bags. Yeah, see, so you're there. Um, but you stop and think. Every time we've done something like that to try to get somebody to let us do something, like for once example, once they the, get out there and they do it, the like, speed oh my festival. god, this is the greatest hey, thing ever. The speed festival on a live air base. We talked the base commander after putting him in a Cobra. And oh. took him around the track, scared the Uwutskis out of him. He was hot to trot, man. He could not wait for this thing to be the real deal. Is that a kit cobra? No, no. This was a real, a real two eighty nine, like a, a million dollar car. Yeah. Wow. And we gave him a million-dollar ride. Oh, I yeah. want to go. All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed that show as much as I did. Go to storc.org. You can join up for $25 a year. And make sure you attend all the events. And we're always looking for people to help out. Right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer.
Thanks for joining us for San Diego Off-Road Coalition Radio with Dave Stahl, the program that is working to further off-roading as a safe family experience while promoting and preserving the natural environment. To learn more about SDORC and how you can get involved, visit SDORC.org. That's SDORC.org. Join us next week at this same time for more of the latest news and initiatives in preserving the use of off-highway vehicles while protecting the land and wildlife at the same time. This has been San Diego Off-Road Coalition Radio on The Answer San Diego. This program is sponsored by Love Radio Network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.